Who can relate? You're probably here because you think nobody else can. They can't relate to that pit I get in my stomach. I'm the only person who cries about things like this. Nobody understands how my mind can control me. We're here to tell you that we can relate. This is the podcast where we discuss deep mental ideas and games that people think they're alone in. This is Who Can Relate. What's up, guys? My name is James Landers. And I'm Esther Green, and this week we are going to be talking about depression. Yes, depression. Another silent killer. Um, This one is definitely the most serious topic that we have ever covered on this show, and that's sort of why we waited until episode 7 for this one. Uh, But we have done our research, and we are going to attempt to grapple with the monster of depression to the best of our abilities. So let's dive right on in. First, we're going to talk about the causes of depression. So there's actually a pretty extensive list of what can cause depression, but we've picked some of the more general subjects to talk about. So that includes family history, mainly genetically speaking, early childhood trauma, abuse at any point in life, medical conditions, and living conditions. Yes, so the medical conditions might actually include ADHD, which we covered a few episodes ago, or insomnia, or even chronic pain. And another thing that can definitely cause depression is substance abuse and just any kind of major event in a person's life. So what I thought was really interesting about this list of causes is that some events in people's lives can affect the way their body reacts to fear and stressful situations. So whether that's early childhood trauma or if it's something that happens later in life or just any kind of loss or grief that a person experiences, those sort of valleys in life can literally affect the way your body physically reacts to things. That's an excellent point to hit, especially with depression, because one of the biggest things that we want to get across here is that depression is a physical thing. It's an illness of the body and not just the mind. Yes. So in this episode, we are going to cover the seven different types of depression, which until researching this, I did not know there were seven types. Me either. And the first of these types is major depressive disorder or MDD. And this refers to general clinical depression. So generally, when people talk about depression or being depressed, this is the type that they're referring to. Right. So MDD is probably the most commonly treated form of depression, mainly because it is so severe and happens in a sort of burst-like pattern. People who experience this sort of depression won't necessarily have it for long term, like up to two or more years, but the symptoms that go along with it are just so severe that it can be life-threatening. Yes. So some of the symptoms of MDD include a lack of interest in activities that the person used to enjoy, changes in weight, changes in sleep, fatigue, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, difficulty concentrating, and thoughts of death or suicide. And that last one is the main trait of MDD that sets it apart from the other kinds of depression. And it's also why MDD gets the most attention. And most of the other symptoms are pretty transferable among different types of depression because obviously it is the same disease. So you struggle with changes in weight and changes in sleep, fatigue, feelings of worthlessness, 
stuff like that is pretty characteristic of depression. But the thoughts of death and suicide are what make this so critical because tragically people take their lives because of MDD every day. Yes, and just to put that into perspective, 800,000 people die by taking their own life every year. So just MDD on its own is a serious issue that should never be brushed aside or ignored. So you mentioned that MDD happens in quick bursts. So just to put that into perspective with depression, the symptoms have to be there for more than two weeks for it to be considered to be MDD because MDD is more than just grief over a tragedy that happened in real life. It's a consistent pattern. Yes, thank you for elaborating on that. Depression is not just a burst of sadness. It is a lasting disorder. So the reason I said MDD happened in more of a burst-like pattern is because the next sort of depression, persistent depressive disorder, otherwise known as dysthymia, is considered to be more of a long-term problem. In fact, depression is not considered to be dysthymia until symptoms have existed for at least two years, which is a super long time to be struggling with something like this. Yes. So while the symptoms of dysthymia are not as severe as MDD, most notably the fact that it excludes the suicidal thoughts, these do last longer. And when a person has dysthymia, it's a lot easier to just sort of accept it as being a part of your life and become completely complacent with just having this mood disorder. Dysthymia is almost like the silent killer because, like you said, people will just brush it aside, but depression in any form is still bad. Even though MDD has more severe symptoms at the time, dysthymia completely changes a person's life for years and it can almost create this facade of this is what life is. Life isn't good. It's always just blah or bad and even though suicidal thoughts aren't a main symptom of dysthymia, the constant oppression of living under this can definitely lead to someone wanting to take their life. Yes, yeah, so these two disorders can kind of lead into each other, but for sure dysthymia is the hardest one to exit from. So the third type of depression is bipolar disorder. And this one isn't exactly depression, but bipolar disorder does often cause major episodes of depression in contrast to the mania. So basically, a person with bipolar disorder will alternate between the manic state and a depressive state. So this one's really tricky because of that manic state. It's so high. It's even higher than a normal state of living. It's like they're living in ecstasy, right? And then they'll just drop all the way down to depressed and just the drastic change in that drop makes the depressive state even worse and even lower than if they were just sinking to that from a normal state. It's because of that drop that the risk of suicide in bipolar illness is about 15 times greater than the average person. That's significant. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize it was that drastic. So the next type of depression we're going to cover here is postpartum depression. And y'all probably heard of this one. This is accompanied with the hormonal shifts that happen after giving birth. So the symptoms of this one are low mood, mood swings, trouble bonding with the baby, appetite changes, 
pretty much the same symptoms as the other types of depression that we have discussed. And on top of that, this can actually lead to psychosis in some cases, which includes confusion and even hallucinations. And this can actually last up to a year after the child is born. It's really important that we don't brush aside any form of depression because like he said, this can lead to an actual psychosis. This is a big deal. And many women that experience extreme postpartum depression even have thoughts of hurting themselves or their baby. So it's a big deal. Women need your help. Pregnancy is a big thing, okay? My stepsister actually went through postpartum depression with her first child, and it was pretty bad for her. Now, the next type of depression is not something that I can relate to at all. This is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and I think I'm going to let you cover this one. <laughs> yeah, so this goes along with PMS. I'm sure everyone knows what that is. It's the butt of a lot of jokes, but I'm telling you, it's serious, okay? So the hormonal shifts in a woman's body going into or even coming out of the menstrual cycle can cause extreme mood shifts. And it can be bad enough to be to the point of depression with symptoms like extreme fatigue, severe feelings of stress or anxiety, even bouts of crying, irritability. You hate it, but there's something deeper going on there. That's right. So don't joke about PMS. Anyway, next on the list, we have seasonal affective disorder. And this is basically MDD, except on a seasonal pattern. And it is caused by disturbance in the circadian rhythm as a result of seasonal change. So basically during winter, when the nights get longer, that can actually have an effect on your body's internal clock. And that in turn can affect your mood and literally cause a pattern of MDD every year. This is also the sort of depression that is typically the least noticed because it's not reported. People just think it's allergies or, you know, just the seasons that get them down. But there is actually a physical cause to it that's creating depression in people. So the last form of depression that we want to talk about is atypical depression. So this is basically depressive disorders with atypical features mainly that the person experiences symptoms of depression, but suddenly perks up in the face of a positive event. This is where people with depression get a lot of flack, I feel like, because they get accused of faking it or, you know, being selfish and only wanting positive things to happen to them. But this is actually a disorder that, even though it's not constant and it can be helped by positive situations, they still struggle with extreme lows and the symptoms along with normal depression symptoms can range to intense sensitivity to rejection and a strongly reactive mood because small negative things can push them drastically to depression. Yes. So out of the seven types of depression that we've just gone over, uh, we discussed this before and atypical depression is the closest to where both of us are today. Um, I can't say that I have any kind of depression currently, but I know especially after researching MDD that I for sure had that at the very end of high school before I graduated because yeah, I definitely had all of those symptoms. 
Yeah, so we've personally both experienced depression throughout the end of my middle school and pretty much all of my high school years. I struggled with recurring MDD, and I did face suicidal thoughts and even suicidal attempts. I'm the first one to tell you this is serious, and to the one who has depression, there is hope of getting out of it. So like he said, today I definitely struggle a lot with atypical depression. I can be extremely sensitive to negative situations that will just throw me into depression, even if they really aren't that bad. Once again, your testimony here is literally a miracle. Like, it's a miracle that you're even alive. Um, In my case, my MDD never really went past just sort of like entertaining the thought of suicide. And it was almost like I wasn't really taking it seriously while thinking about it. It was just sort of this thought that I would play with sometime. Like, what if I was gone? I wouldn't have to deal with all of this. And I just want to say, like, even that is not something to just be okay with. Like, if your brain is continually having a pattern of going back to suicide as an escape from your problems, then that's not good. And that is definitely still a sign of MDD. Really good point. It doesn't matter if you've been down the road of attempting suicide before, just dwelling on that thought is bad enough. And I've known several friends to attempt suicide. I've known a lot of my friends to think about it. It is not something to play with. Please listen to us when we tell you there is so much more hope than what you see right now. And even though it's painful, nothing is as painful as losing your life or having a friend lose their life. Absolutely. So now we're going to get into some things that people don't understand about depression. And a lot of these are kind of from the outside looking in, but this is just sort of to help build an understanding of this disorder. So first of all, there is no getting over it. If you've been depressed and someone has just said something dismissive when you finally opened up to them, like, oh, just get over it, just just snap out of it. Um it's not something that you can just snap out of. It's not just a button that you can press to just suddenly rise up. It's not, it's not like you jumped into the, it's not like you jumped into that well. You're just stuck there. You're trying to get out. You want out. You're crying for help, but it doesn't seem like anything's working. If anyone ever says that depression is a choice, that is not true. Um, I remember A very long time ago when I did not understand depression, I did say that once, and that is one of the dumbest things that I ever said. (laughs) Thank you for your raw honesty. Seriously, this is a big thing. If you know people that are depressed and you've never experienced it, have a little bit more compassion. This is a physical disorder. There is actually something wrong there. That's like walking into a clinic where someone has cancer and telling them, oh, just get over it. You'll be okay. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. So the next thing that people don't understand about depression is we can make choices to look towards a joyful lifestyle. I'm not saying we can't make choices to get there, but we can't choose to just be happy. Happiness is not just a matter of choice when it comes to depression, and I feel like that's a big thing that is misunderstood, especially in Christians, because 
God is the source of joy, and we are meant to live joyful lifestyles. But you can be a Christian working towards living in joy and still struggle with happiness because that is the fleeting feeling. It's not what you base your life on. Yes, that was really well said. Happiness is extremely fleeting, but joy is the lifestyle that you're able to choose for yourself. Another thing about depression is that there's not always a discernible reason for it. A lot of times if someone were to ask someone who's depressed, like, why are you feeling this way? Is there a reason for it? I think many people might treat depression as like a problem to solve. But really, even if you don't know the cause of the depression, that doesn't make it any less of a struggle. It's still equally relevant, even if it's just sort of this lingering feeling that you don't know where it came from. Very well said. This isn't grief, it's depression. So another thing you should know is depression often leads people to push others away. Now that doesn't mean that depressed people don't need other people. People with depression need others around them to love them and work through it with them more than they even know. But either pride or not wanting to hurt others or burden others can cause them to push people away. So don't be hurt if your friend is depressed and you feel like they're icing you out. Rather, stay close to them and be there for them when they need you. Absolutely. And off of that, um, even if you're offering a lot of encouragement to someone who might be struggling with this and it seems like they don't really care or they're just neutral, depressed people often have trouble expressing gratitude or just acknowledging that you are helping them. But even if they're not showing it, that doesn't mean that they're not being helped by it. So don't let that be a discouragement. Um, I know that for me, uh, when I was depressed, um, I pushed other people away because of pride. I don't think that I have talked to anyone else who experienced this, but basically I used to have this view of myself that like I wouldn't be depressed because I saw these people struggling around me and I wasn't struggling with it. So I thought that that made me better somehow. So when I eventually did end up struggling with it, I didn't want to admit that because I just wanted to maintain this persona of being strong. And also just because I thought of myself as someone who was the helper who was going to lift other people up from their depression. And I did not want to admit that I was caught in a thing that I had previously considered to be beneath me. On that note, depression does not mean that you're weak. Some of the strongest people struggle with depression, and it's only because of your strength that you're able to keep holding on even though your literal body is against you. So kudos to you. You're doing a great job. So the next thing that we want to talk about is that depression is not the same for everyone. Huge thing here. For a lot of people, they try to cope with people they love having depression by fitting their case to another case that maybe this person has seen or maybe something that they know about depression, but it's not the same for everyone. And people who are struggling with this need your concern and your help, but not your idea of knowing better than them what's going on in them. 
Yes, that's very true. Just because one solution might have worked for you does not mean that it will work for everyone else that you're talking to about it. Um, I can definitely say from experience that no one has the same exact type of depression. Shared experiences can definitely help build empathy and sort of trust between people when talking about this, but it, it's pretty difficult to use that as a solution. Like knowing how someone else got out of depression is of little use to actually get out of it yourself. So another thing to add on here is that depression can very easily be hidden. I think especially for people who have been struggling with it for years. While some people who have depression might be putting on a cheerful outward persona, they could still be dying on the inside. Absolutely. I know when I was struggling with this, I was so good at hiding it and going to church, at school. I convinced everyone that I was okay and nobody even knew that I thought about suicide. Nobody knew that I was struggling so deeply on the inside and that I just hated myself so much. It is so easy to hide, which is why it's so important that the general population needs to know warning signs and symptoms of depression to be able to catch them in those that we love may be struggling with depression. Yes, that's so good. So another thing that people might not understand about depression is that there's still some good days, right? Depression is a mood disorder and emotions just change sometimes. It's not really something that we can explain, but some days it might literally be a physical struggle to get out of bed and some days it might not. Some days it might be easier, but just because like one day it's good doesn't mean that you've completely made it out of that pattern. And like I've kind of hinted on before, just because someone that you know is having a good day doesn't mean they're not depressed anymore or that they were faking it. So another thing, so kind of on that same vein, but the opposite side is that depression doesn't just work against things that we hate. We're not just sad because we're in a situation that we don't like. Oftentimes, depression makes it hard to enjoy the things that used to be fun or enjoyable. Even things that we're passionate about can be destroyed by this monster of depression. Yes, and I relate to that aspect of depression a lot. Um, I remember being scared because of that. Like, I did not understand... Um, at least at the beginning of my struggle, like why I wasn't enjoying these things that I used to love anymore. Like what even happened? Like what happened to me? And that led to a lot of fear and just a lot of self-doubt even. Like what am I even supposed to be doing in life if I'm not even enjoying something that I've always enjoyed? Like have I gone on the wrong path? Like I, that one symptom basically made me doubt every life decision I'd ever made. That's really interesting. I know for me, it definitely made me feel really hopeless because if I couldn't even enjoy the things that I was supposed to love, then what was even the point of life? So the last point here is that there is no such thing as a little victory. Depression makes simple things hard. Like we said, it can be a struggle to get out of bed, and I'm not saying that lightly. It can literally take everything within your brain just to get up and go to school. So when people are struggling with depression, it feels like 
they can't do anything noteworthy because it's so hard to just do the simple things. But I want to encourage you that there is no such thing as a little victory. Getting up and going to school when it's that difficult, that is a big victory. That's a big deal, and you're strong for that. So don't just look for big victories in the eyes of people who aren't struggling. Look at your seemingly simple things and realize that they are big victories and you're doing a good job. Yes, and you said that beautifully. So we're going to end this episode off by listing some possible treatments for depression. And the first one that we're going to go into is exercise. And actually, exercising not only just has physical benefits, but it also releases endorphins that improve your mood. And honestly, like in my experience, this has worked really well. I used to only exercise because it just made me feel better. And that actually made it like a daily habit. And honestly, like just having that as kind of a small victory, just knowing that I accomplished something that I didn't exactly want to do, um, really did a lot to improve my mood and improve motivation for other areas. So I would highly recommend exercising, even if it's just taking a walk, like getting outside in fresh air can help a lot too. Yeah, taking a walk can be great too for different reasons because of the fresh air and the sun. And it just gets you out of whatever environment you've been in. Maybe a lot of times we find ourselves sitting in our room brooding or sitting in an office doing work all day and just getting outside and walking around, feeling good, getting those endorphins can be really great. Yes. Off of that, I can say that environment has a huge factor in depression. I spent a lot of COVID quarantine just sitting in my room, like brooding and thinking about how much I hated my life. And I remember going back there a couple months after I'd finally gotten out of that environment and just those emotions came flooding back. So I literally had to switch rooms just to get away from that. So a change of scenery can do wonders for your emotions as well. Super true. That's a great example too. So another treatment method can be medication. On this, I want to stress that it is a very personal situation sort of treatment. I would definitely feel this out by what sort of depression you have, what sort of medicine is available to you, how the side effects of the medication might affect you and potentially even switch out some problems for others and what your personal conviction is. Yes, that's so true. Sometimes the side effects can make it worse. So another thing to note here is that alcohol use can add to depression. So if you're struggling with that, well, I mean, I'd recommend this like in general, like don't drink, but especially if you're struggling with depression, avoid any kind of substance or alcohol use. This is something that I think a lot of people can look to for escapism just to get out of your rut or your own emotions, just, you know, anything to forget. But literally taking that escape just makes you more trapped in that cycle because consistently using that to escape from your depression is just going to make you spiral even more. Yes, escapism doesn't work. So another treatment is to set boundaries for good mental health. So this means saying no to things that are just too much, maybe saying no to certain jobs, saying no to social events that you just can't handle right now. 
saying no to bad relationships especially don't allow increasing stress and always take your mental health into consideration when you're struggling with depression yes that's really good advice so off of that even if everything in you just wants to keep you down in that bed like get up like do everything in your power that you possibly can to eat to sleep to just continue your daily routines and responsibilities even if it feels like you're not able to and you might be surprised you might prove yourself wrong yes fight the lack of motivation but also remember to reward yourself for the small things so even though we're saying take care of yourself do these normal things that doesn't mean that it's any less of a feat it just means that you're fighting really hard and you can reward yourself for that So the last point to add on here is just to follow treatment for other ailments because as we said before, different sicknesses or things like ADHD and insomnia can cause depression. So make sure that you're following any treatment regimens for that and just generally taking care of yourself in that way as well. Yes, for sure. So we've reached the end of our list of treatments. So for anyone out there who is maybe struggling with this or knows someone in their life that is struggling with this, just know that it's not just you. We can relate.